Super Talk Mississippi media production. Call free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson on the show today. We're in the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. And we're glad you're with us. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. A great place. Got the Super Bowl coming up this weekend. Dickie's would be a great place to call in a catering order right now. And uh, sit back, enjoy the big game Sunday afternoon, and uh, let Dickies cater delicious food for you. Just call the Dickies here in Hattiesburg. They can cater any event, large or small, and uh, they've got some COVID methods of catering now that will make it perfectly safe and enable you to enjoy delicious Dickies barbecue. All right, Jeremy McLean, Athletic Director at Southern Miss, is going to be joining us for an extended interview later in the show, but we want to get things kicked off today. It's basketball day, of course, being Wednesday uh, on the Eagle Hour, and uh, basketball coach Delonte Hill joins us this afternoon. And, uh, Coach, uh, welcome to the Eagle Hour. Glad to have you on the show with us. Thanks. I appreciate you guys for having me. You know, Coach, when you came here, one of the things that we heard uh, about about your coaching career is you were really considered to be one of the very top recruiting coaches in the nation. So I wanted to ask you, what the, what is the key? in today's world, uh, to recruiting kids uh, to your program? Uh, I think the key is building a strong relationship. And that relationship goes um, far far and outside of, of basketball as well. It's gaining the parents' trust. It's um, talking to them about off-the-court stuff as far as academics and, you know, being able to relate and speak with them about social things that's going on out on social media or out in the world. Um, and once you kind of let them let their guard down because when you when you're recruiting and you get on the court it gets real intense and it's always everybody's not always going to have a good day so you got to transition to bringing them back in and reestablish them some confidence and talk about other things to kind of keep their mind off a bad day because the day has to continue outside of the two three hour window uh, of basketball so I think the key is about building a relationship and trust and to do that I'm assuming it takes some time so you. In other words, if you get on a kid that you think can really help your program, you got to do some work uh, in advance of, of actually offering him and, and getting to a point that you can offer him. Kind of explain to us how that works, and generally speaking, I know there's no specific answer, but generally speaking, what is the timetable for developing that kind of relationship? Well, nowadays it's, it's a little more difficult with COVID. Um, when we go out, uh, we got a criteria, the Southern Miss way. We watch their body language. We we watch how do they respond to to coaching, how they respond to losing, um, how they act before the game, how they act after the game. Are they are they uh, holding themselves in a, at a high standard? Are they creating their brand, or are they just out here uh, just trying to get through the day? Um, you know, talking on the phone, just trying to figure out their language. If you spend a lot of time trying to talk to a kid and they. They're not really locked in, and they playing a video game. That's not that's not the kind of kid or the kind of culture we want around here. So, you just got to spend a lot of time just trying to evaluate and, and and read through their body language sometimes. 
Interesting. So you look at a lot of things other than just how they play on the floor. Yeah, are they willing to take charges? Are they willing to make the extra pass? Are they going to dive on the floor for loose balls? Um, do they adapt their teammates? When they're when they out the game, do they cheer for their teammates? Are they selfish or are they pouting? So it's a lot of small little things that go into uh, wanting to be, be recruited by Southern Miss, and those are really important to us. That's very interesting, Coach. Uh, get in here, Luke. Coach Hill, thanks so much for coming on. Um, I've always uh, followed your career from a distance and, and those uh, great times, the great uh, teams you had at Kansas State and, and Maryland. And, t- and talk about recruiting because we were really excited about this recruiting class. I mean, you look at with Johnson and, and Pinkney being two of the top JUCO players um, in the country, with Tay Hardy coming in. I guess the next step then is getting all this talent to to play together, and we've seen it in in times. It's just sometimes hard to get some chemistry going with a lot of new guys being on the the same team. Yeah, and I think, um, especially with junior college kids and and incoming freshmen, they're taking on a new role probably for the first time. They might come in being a man, and everybody's every. We hope every we get the best player of every team. Um, that we possibly can, but we just we have to make sure they mesh together and understand their new role. And sometimes it takes a little longer to understand that role and to accept that role. Sometimes you might have a little hesitation and don't think that's the right thing for the team, meaning the players. But as the coaches, we watch and study film, and we plugging you in to make sure we have a good team. Not, it's not always about you. And I think I think it's slowly coming around now. Once we get into January, we had a couple injuries. We had a couple COVIDs, so we, we're kind of getting everybody back together now, and hopefully we start evolving. And and to follow up on that exact point, I think a lot of people expected Hardy to play the one and Pierre to play the two, and they've kind of shifted in that. And But but talk about specifically Jerron Pierre. I mean, I think a lot of people, Coach Ladner had said, this kid's going to be good, and a lot of people knew that. I, I just don't think they would think he would play at this level early on in his freshman career. He's been extraordinary this year. Well, the good thing about the Jerron uh, uh, Pierre is he doesn't let the next, uh, the, the last play bother him. He's one of those guys that he'll make a mistake, we'll get on, and he's just ready to come hug and come on, come out the game and cheer for his team. He doesn't do a lot of sulking, so that's that's the sign of a good player. And he just had to mature a little bit early on. He got put in a in a big role early on, and he's kind of getting better and better. But we're trying to make sure him being a young kid that he doesn't let his offense dictate his playing time and at, at, at times it seemed like if he didn't make a shot he didn't get back in defense he didn't guard the ball the whole possession so we just working on him constantly showing him film about good players don't have to make every shot we would like you to but you got to have all your good players on the floor and they got to do other things besides offense sure coach uh, looking forward to this weekend uh, at Rice, uh, they don't allow fans from everything that, that I've seen. This is uh, the this will be the let's see fifth and sixth game in the last seven that you guys are going to play on the road. Kind of give us a, a scouting report on Rice and what the Eagles need to do to win out there. All right, very very good offensive team. Um, they're going to try to space you, run a lot of dribble handoffs, uh, take long long threes. We got two guys shooting in the high forties from three. Uh, the center is leading the team in assists, so we got to stay in the stands, be ready to guard, <clears throat> and we got to guard them as a team. They got, they have good players. They um coming off a, a five in a row losing. We we kind of in the same situation, so this is a big series for us. 
Um, we got to take our defensive will, get back to playing our defense, get back to boxing out, get back to running and transition. And we got to get them off the uh, three-point line. A very, very good three-point shooting team. So, Coach, where, where is your team right now? In regard, as you look at things overall, are you happy? Are you disappointed? Uh, where would you like to see things improve? Uh, well, obviously, I'd like to win a, I'd win a couple more coming down the stretch. We don't have many weeks left in our um, season. Um, but I think on Saturday, we showed some resiliency, and we fought, and we were tough, and we, we tried to take charges. Um, that was a tough team to play on the road, and I think we responded. We, we responded in practice. So I think if we have that carryover, uh, it's going to be a long trip down there. But I think it's a game that we evenly matched in. And if we can defend like we've been working on in, in practice and uh, Coach Ron's scout report, I think we'll have a great opportunity. And I have to ask you this because we've asked other guys on the staff this. How, how different is it playing in these in these subdued environments? Because, you know, crowd noise and excitement is such a big part of college basketball. And you know, it just seems like it's not there. How difficult has that been to adjust to? Yeah, well, we talked to our guys about bringing young energy, and and that's one of the things I hit on early on about playing for your teammates. And that, sometimes that means just cheering or, you know, we've started the defense chant when we get two stops in a row trying to get a kill, but that's having everybody locked down, understanding the situation of the game. That's bringing energy from the bench when we make a shot. We, you know, we, we, we all stand up, we clap, we clap for when, when the guys come out the game. So you kind of just got to bring your own energy and you can't wait till the game gets started. We have to be prepared before the game starts. We can't wait and try to figure it out once the game gets started. That's too late. Right. Well, Coach, we appreciate you coming on the show. It's been a pleasure talking to all you guys every week. We really do enjoy it. We know that our listeners do, too. Uh, wish you a lot of luck uh, this weekend on the road, and uh, hopefully we'll come away with some uh, some wins down there at Rice. Okay. Thanks, you guys, for having me. All right. Coach Delonte Hill, everybody, assistant coach on the Southern Mississippi basketball team and uh luke a big challenge this weekend sure would be nice to come away with at least a split wouldn't it it would appreciate coach hill being on uh, it, people remember that name he's the one that recruited michael beasley to to kansas state had some great recruiting teams and uh, glad that that he's on the, the staff yeah when you when you look at rice specifically they started off hot i mean they they, they were 10 and three and then they dropped their last five. They beat UTSA early, swept them. That's a team that beat Southern Miss. Uh, but the last five, they split with Old Dominion, got swept by UAB, and guess, got swept by North Texas. So, you know, they're playing down a little bit. Golden Eagles can take advantage of that and uh, just get some shots to fall and get something positive um, where they don't fall behind and have to scrap back. But it should be a, a pretty good series in, in Houston. All right, Jeremy McLean, Athletic Director at Southern Miss. He's up next on the Eagle Hour. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're with us this afternoon. We're broadcasting from the First Bank Studios, as we do every day in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We thank First Bank for 
all they do for the Eagle Hour. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and campusbookmart.net. It is a fantastic place to buy your Southern Miss apparel. They've got a huge selection. Baseball stuff coming in now every day. And uh, Kathleen and her crew make it really, really easy uh, for you to get your favorite Southern Miss swag. They're open six days a week right across the street from the campus on Hardy Street. And uh, you can also shop at campusbookmart.net. We thank them as well for their support. Athletic Director Jeremy McLean returns to the Eagle Hour. Always very happy and appreciative of your time. And uh, thanks for coming on, Jeremy. Bob, I appreciate you guys, man. Always great to be on. Lots of stuff to ask you about, but I want to start with uh, baseball. It's just now a couple of weeks away. And, of course, I don't need to tell you how exciting that is in these parts of the state when uh, Southern Miss gets ready to start playing baseball. A great schedule set up. Uh, two, kind of a twofold question. How optimistic at this point are you that we're going to see a, a relatively normal and full baseball season? And then the question we're getting, Jeremy, is am I going to be able to get in the game? Who's going to be yeah. able to get in the game? Yeah, both great questions, and uh, I'll answer those the best I can. What I'll tell you about the season is that, uh, you know, I think that we're in as good a position as we can be uh, from a standpoint of, I think, the steps we've taken as a conference. You know, we're going to play four-game series on the weekends, and really that's an effort to make sure we're playing as many games as we can and, and really protect the opportunity to, to get games in. For instance, if you you know, if you do miss or someone has issues, then you've got an opportunity to make that up down the road. And so, so we're going to play four-game series, and, and I think that puts us in a good place. Obviously, there will be some things outside of our control, and we've experienced that with other sports. And so, But I am optimistic that we'll, uh, we'll get a uh, large number of games in, and we'll have an opportunity to, to have, uh, you know, a, a quote-unquote complete season, uh, you know, at the end of the year. I don't know. If that number is 40 or 45 or 50 plus, but, uh, you know, we're going to do the best we can to get them all in. Um, from a, you know, capacity attendance standpoint, you know, that's something we've really been struggling with and, and work, trying to work through the past month or two. And, you know, we're, we're really going to end up in a, I guess the best way for me to frame it is it's going to be very similar to football and basketball from the standpoint of we do have capacity, you know, restrictions that we have to abide by. Um, and what we're going to do is try to take care of our season ticket holders and, uh, you know, and make sure that we can, we can accommodate those folks who've been season ticket holders and, and, uh, you know, make sure that we reward them. So the challenge then becomes that fills up most of our space. And so right now at the beginning of the season, we will not be selling single game tickets and, uh, which, you know, is a disappointment, but what we hope and what we've, I think our fans have begun to learn over football and basketball seasons is that there will be people who won't be able to attend every game. And so I hope that our season ticket holders, and we, we've communicated with them that you know our ticket office will help them with this, but that our season ticket holders who can't come to games are able to share the, those tickets with people who do want to come. So at the beginning of the year, at least, it'll be a situation where we're going to accommodate our season ticket holders and uh, we will not be selling single-game tickets as the season starts. So as I understand it, a season ticket holder obviously is somebody that buys a a ticket for every game and and sits within the stands. It's also the people who, I I would assume, are in the roost. Those are all season ticket holders as well as as suite owners. Is that correct? That's correct. And, you know, each each of those areas will have some different instructions, but – you know, the suite holders will be season ticket holders, so they'll have an opportunity to purchase their tickets. There'll be some, some guidelines and some, some um, 
limitations on what they can do. And the same with the roost. You know, we're trying to make sure we, we keep that as complete as possible, but there'll be some guidelines that they need to follow. You know, and obviously we're going we're gonna to ask that everyone wear a mask. I think we've gotten to the point where people understand why that needs to be done. And if we're going to get people into the stadium, that's something we're going to have to do. So we're going to ask people, you know, to wear a mask unless they're eating or drinking. And, uh, and then from a social distancing standpoint, we're going to have some guidelines in place there as well. Well, Jeremy, I guess there's good and bad news. You know, the the good news is for Southern Miss is that um, unlike many schools, uh, you could sell a lot of tickets that otherwise you're not going to be able to sell because attendance is not a problem at Southern Miss baseball. But do you think as the year goes along, because all the trending numbers right now about hospitalization cases, ICU cases, everything in Mississippi seems to be trending in a good, positive yeah. direction. Do you anticipate that maybe that will be eased up as the season progresses? You know, I, that's our hope. You know, I, I, and that's the reason we structured it this way was to, again, take care of our season ticket holders out of the gate and then, you know, with the hopes that we could begin to loosen that. And a, a lot of that's going to depend on, you know, what happens at the state level, obviously. Uh, much of much of what can be done is going to be dictated by by executive order uh, of the governor. And so we're, we're going to keep a close eye on those things and we'll make adjustments as we can. Um, but I am hopeful that as the year goes on, we'll have an opportunity to, to lessen some of those restrictions. Right. Luke, get in here. All right, while we're talking baseball, uh, that's your sport. So give us the, not the athletic director, administrator perspective, the baseball fan, Jeremy McLean. Give us uh, your kind of synopsis and your forecast yeah. for this team. Uh, you know, I wish I'd had a chance to see them play more um, this fall. I just, with everything that's been going on, it's been a little unusual year, but what I will tell you is I'm excited about, um, you know, I was really excited about watching them last year. and was, you know, obviously disappointed we didn't get, didn't get a chance to see that uh, see that come to fruition. But a lot of those guys are back, obviously. And I think, I think the depth of this team is probably unlike anything we've seen, um, maybe, maybe ever, uh, from a Southern Miss baseball perspective. And, and I think that's positioned player-wise and on the mound. And so for me, what's really exciting is that uh, – you know, we're going to be playing four-game weekends, um, and that's going to give us an opportunity, I think, to highlight some, some arms uh, on, on this on this staff that, uh, you know, might not otherwise have had an opportunity to shine. And I think there's a lot of depth there, and I think it, I think it could potentially play to our advantage. Hopefully everyone stays healthy and, and uh, you know, we get a chance to, to show that off. But I really think uh, there's depth throughout, pitching-wise pitching and position-wise. Yeah, I mean, we kind of got hooked up with the draft only being five rounds. Of course, we want our guys to, to go play and make lots of money and represent Southern Miss, but also nice to have those guys uh, for an extra year. Jeremy, um, you had said last year that the university, the athletic department, was prepared to you know roll out kind of a comprehensive plan to improve some facilities. COVID obviously put that on pause, yeah. and I think a lot of Southern Miss fans feel like that is a cause that they can rally around. So it's a cause they want to rally around. What's the update on that plan? Yeah, we have reengaged that plan. I will tell you that, and we started that uh, in December. Really, once we got through football season and finished our coaching search, that was that was where our, you know we kind of turned our attention to, and so we've we've started that process back up, and and so you know no, nothing that's going to be announced in the next month or two, but definitely uh, in a short period of time, we'll be able to say, hey, here's. Here's where we want to get to. Here's our plan. Here's what this our vision looks like for, you know, where we want to go over the next five, six, eight, ten years. 
uh, and then get to work on trying to make it a reality. So that that's still the plan, and we're we're working on that every day and moving in that direction. Good deal. Appreciate that. I know a lot of people, man. Just uh, they're they're chomping at the bit to see that, and I think some of the you know the turf and the upgrade of the plan facility at the Pete um, really really helped in that. Uh, it's it's a strange time. Volleyball cranking back up in the spring. Coach Mo and the the ladies hit the soccer pitch this afternoon at Nichols. You get we we're talking to Jack earlier in the week. It is crazy because all these sports are happening now that sometimes wouldn't happen right now. Yeah. It really is, and, and you know, thankful to get the opportunity to compete. Obviously, you mentioned volleyball and and uh, soccer specifically, who typically fall sports, who are who are either just starting today or have already started their season. In volleyball's case, you know, you add that to uh, what is you know February, March are, are always the busiest months of the year for us from a staff standpoint, just number of events. So you add a few other sports into the mix, and you know, we have a. We have a thin staff to begin with, and um, you know it just—it really begins to stretch uh, our manpower. And uh, just really proud of our staff and how everybody's just jumped in with both feet and been willing to kind of wear a lot of hats to make it happen. And uh, you know, in the true Southern Miss fashion, just kind of roll up your sleeves and get it done. So it's going to be crazy, but uh, we've got a great plan to make it happen. And uh, you know, just really excited about our student athletes getting a chance to compete and. Uh, you know, look forward to to uh, a busy couple of months and and uh, them being able to get that reward to get on the field and compete. Hey, Jeremy, we've got about forty seconds left. We're going to ask you if you've got a few minutes. If you could hang around, we'd love sure. to talk to you a little more. Thirty seconds. Yeah. Uh, Thirty seconds. Uh, put in perspective uh, what a gym Southern Miss has in baseball coach Scott Barry. Yeah, that's a that's hard to do in thirty seconds. I'll tell you this. <laughs> I think anybody who spent time around Scott. Uh, understands what kind of man he is, and I think that comes first. And people realize that first that he's, you know, that he cares about people, that he's genuine in what he does and how he treats people, and I think that goes a long way. And he obviously has a great feel for the game, and uh, you know, he's developed this great ability to help develop players, uh, you know, see the best in guys and help them reach their full potential. And uh, you add those things together, and it goes a long way as far as success is concerned. But you won't find a better a better baseball guy out there than Scott Berry, and we're very, very fortunate to have him. I agree a thousand percent. We're talking to Athletic Director Jeremy McLean. He's going to graciously stick around through the break. We'll have him on the other side. I want to talk to him about track and field and the world of COVID and college sports and a couple of other topics as well. Stay with us. Uh, Mr. McLean comes back after the break. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Third segment on this Wednesday, like every day, brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street, just across Highway 49 from the University of Southern Mississippi. If you hadn't, don't have lunch plans tomorrow, it's Pork Chop Thursday. Sweet potato casserole, cabbage on the menu. You can get all that for $8.95 
uh, drink included. They got on show the Super Bowl, and uh, Bob's favorite football player of all time, Tom Brady's not Kelly Center and I's uh, <laughs> at all, but you can watch him and uh, the Kansas City Chiefs play on Sunday. So if you don't have anywhere to watch the Super Bowl, 4th Street Barn Grill uh, there for you. We appreciate their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. We continue with Athletic Director Jeremy McLean, and Jeremy, appreciate you hanging around uh, for uh, another session. Segment. We, we talked to Coach Hill from basketball in the first segment today. Men on the road at Rice uh, after kind of a really heartbreaking loss at Louisiana Tech. And then on the ladies' side, ladies' rebound beat a Louisiana Tech team, uh, did really well, and that team is fighting for, for Coach McNellis. They've been real inspirational the last few weeks. Yeah, I think first on the women's side, I think you're definitely right. I think they, they rallied around Coach and, and uh, the difficulties that, She's obviously um, facing, and uh, and may as a team really faced some adversity early on when they were they were out for a little while because of a COVID outbreak, missed some games early, and really only had a couple of, of games before conference play started. And I think what you're starting to see is them become more comfortable. They had a lot of new faces, you know, there's a lot of a lot of freshmen on that on that team, and and some freshmen who are pl- freshmen who are playing a lot of minutes. And so I think you're starting to see them uh, as they're on the floor more together. They're going to they're going to get better and better, and they've been fun to watch, um, you know. And that was a big win on Saturday. I'm, I do have some concerns about this weekend, um, you know, as far as getting a chance to play. I think our opponent is having some issues, so I'm not sure how that's going to going to pan out. But um, definitely, I think we're headed in the right direction there, and uh, excited to see them continue to play and, like you said, really rally around coach and and uh, you know represent this program the right way. And then. You know the men. It was uh, that was a tough one on Saturday. Um, you know, it's uh, yeah, lose a close one, and you know had opportunities. And uh, you know, Louisiana Tech is a really good. They're a really good team. Uh, I thought we, you know, for three of the four uh, halves last week, we played them really, really well. And I thought that was a good sign. And I, I think that's we we've seen some really some flashes of it. And and uh, you know just. Just trying to kind of keep that together for 40 minutes and, and, and play consistent is, you know, I think something the coaches uh, are, are, are working towards getting to that point. And I think when we do, uh, some of these close games, we're going to end up on the right side of them. And so definitely a, a tough trip to, to Rice. They're, they're, they're really good and, uh, we'll have our hands full. Anytime you go on the road, you know, in conference, it's, uh, it's a really tough deal. And, um, so be pulling for those guys and, and still really encouraged by what we're seeing there. It's, uh, you know, I think we've got again several young players, several new faces there that have really stepped up, and and uh, I'm excited about what the second half of the season is going to look like for us. All right, Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy, let me ask you this: Obviously, 2020 was a terrible year, uh, not only for this athletic program but all. You lost a lot of football revenue. There can't be any doubt about that. And and now we're talking about we can't let you know the probably three thousand people. Uh, in baseball that would be there under other normal circumstances. Kind of put in perspective, if you will, how difficult 2020 has been, uh, without being specific about this, but what does the athletic department hope to see in 2021 that will help make up for the lost revenue of the COVID year? Yeah, it it has been a challenging year in a lot of ways. Um, Obviously, the revenue piece is, you know, front and center and one of the biggest challenges for us. And we, we've tried to navigate that in several different ways, including limiting some expenses and, and doing some things a little differently than we've done in the past. But I think as we look forward, you know, the thing for me that I 
that I hope we can do is that that people are hungry to get back to normal, and that you know when we when we we're in a much better place this summer, and when that first football game gets here, or when season ticket sales are really picking up, that our folks rally and respond because that's really what we need. We need people to, to kind of reengage, and now our folks have been great during 2020. They've been understanding and. I think people who've who've bought tickets who didn't plan on coming just to support, so don't get me wrong, they've been great. But when 2021 gets here, if we're really going to move the needle, we're going to have to have everybody energized about what that looks like and ready to come back out to the stadium and come back out to Reed Green, come back out to baseball. And, and you know, we're going to have to be able to um, raise the bar as far as season ticket sales and, and, and annual fund, um, you know, donations and, and – you know, and, and major gifts as well. And we're spending our time now preparing for what that looks like and making sure that our resources are in place so when 2021 hits that we're prepared to take advantage of that. And that means aligning our annual fund and, and, and lining up our major gifts piece. Um, and so for me, that's my hope, and that's what we're working towards, is to make sure that 21-22 is the best year we've ever had and that 20, the year 2020 is, is, is in the rearview mirror and we can move to a bigger and better place. Fair to say that, that season football ticket sales are always important, but this year they may be more important than they've ever been for people to step up and buy season tickets to football. Absolutely. Uh, you hit the nail on the head, and I think it's it's going to be you know the biggest – it's one of the biggest revenue pieces for us, obviously, um, throughout our department. And it's going to be a big, big piece of, of what 21-22 looks like for us. And uh, – mm-hmm. So that's going to be a great place to start and one of the biggest pieces of the puzzle. Well, I'll have to tell you that Luke and I have been uh, just really revved up by these young coaches that we've had on the show. You can't talk to these young guys without getting pretty fired up, Jeremy, and I, I hope that translates to to the field. Yeah, and I, and I think it, it already has. You know, and you're right. I, I love being around them because they're young and energetic and they're really bright and they, they care about people. And, and, you know, I think Will's been – He's been very intentional about hiring people who, who check those boxes. And, and uh, I think you can see it in the workouts. You can see it in, you know, when they're um, in any kind of, you know, meetings or anything together that uh, our players feel that as well. And just like you and I sent from the coaches, our, our student-athletes sense that as well. And we've gotten a lot of positive feedback from them about, you know, just, just that being really good and them being excited about how that translates to the field. Right. All right, Luke, you got anything else for Jeremy before we let him go? I'm talking about those coaches. I have heard that Coach Ancar is a beast in strength and conditioning. There's there's been word on the street that those guys said they've never been worked like that ever in their life. So uh, that's good to know, and he's got a great relationship. And we wanted to to let you know, too, Jeremy, I told you off air, but we have have confirmed that Coach Cochran and Coach Armstrong have shaved before in their life. Yeah, there's, uh, those guys that they, they look awfully young, and I, I guess the older I get, the younger they look. But uh, they're uh, they're really good coaches and, and bring a ton of energy, and we're excited about uh, we're excited about that group. And as people get to know them, uh, they'll be just as excited. All right, Jeremy. Last all... thing for me. Yeah, go ahead, Luke. Go ahead. Last thing for me. Uh, today's signing day. We're going to break down the signing roster in the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour, Jeremy. But kind of your just comments on uh, the December and February class. Yeah, really excited. I think Coach Hall and his staff did a great job of addressing needs, and I know that's kind of a cliche, but um, really we're very intentional about what they did. We had a limited number of scholarships, so you know the final numbers won't. You know they're not going to jump off the page at you. But I think the guys that we were able to sign, I think it was a total of fourteen. 
um, you know, really are the right kind of people and, 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 um, they fit who, who we are and, and where we're headed and, uh, just really excited about the intentionality there with the staff and how that came together. Okay, Jeremy, as always, we want to thank you for your time. You're always very, very gracious about coming on the show. We always enjoy our conversations with you, and uh, we thank you for all you're doing on behalf of the university, and we look forward to talk to you again soon. I appreciate you guys. Always enjoy it. All right, Jeremy McLean, everybody, of course, the athletic director at USM. And i tell you what, Luke, every time you talk to him, it's reassuring that the program is in really good hands. I mean, you just look at some of the the hires that he's made and and how he's respected across Conference USA. And what I like about him is is that he's an athlete. I mean, how cool is it that you get your your athletic director's baseball take on the baseball team, not you know from behind a desk, but man, that dude understands the ins and outs of it. And and uh, I've you know I've observed him over the years at Southern Miss games, and I mean he he watches the games as a fan. You know, obviously he's mm-hmm. got decisions to make and all that, but so what I really appreciate appreciate about him, he he of course identifies uh, with our athletes, and uh, but at the same token, I mean he engages you know the the game as a fan. So really, really thankful for that. Let me say this for listeners that may not know: not just an athlete, Jeremy is the second all time winningest pitcher in Division II college baseball history. He's the all-time winningest pitcher at Delta State University, which is a perennial power in, in D2, and the second winningest pitcher in D2 history. So uh, that, that is, those are pretty high chops there, Luke. Yep, and he gets it. I mean, you hear him talking about the, the pitching staff. If you miss the, that part of the Eagle Hour, you can go back and check it out. It was in the second segment. He was really talking about uh, the fact that our team is so deep, and it's kind of what we talked to to Coach Barry about, and Heath hinting about yesterday. Our team is so deep, and some of these guys are going to have opportunities to start. Um, you, so you're going to be able to flash really the full potential of this pitching staff. Some guys that are starters are going to be bullpen. Some bullpen guys are starters, and it seems as if right now, cross your fingers, but mainly everybody's healthy, and that's what you want uh, rolling on, and it's going to be the strength of the Golden Eagle team this year. All right, our thanks to Jeremy for joining us on the show today. Uh, As Luke mentioned, uh, USM signed two more football players yesterday. We'll discuss that a little bit when we come back. Stay with us. Eagle Hour, last segment up next. Southern Miss to the top. Greatly appreciate Athletic Director Jeremy McLean joining us on the Eagle Hour today for two segments. If you missed the interview, uh, you want to listen to the whole show today. Big show, Delonte Hill, assistant basketball coach in the first segment, and then Mr. McLean talking sports and uh, talking some of the administrative stuff. And just a, a recap, uh, that exciting, comprehensive kind of facilities plan that was going to be laid out last year. Uh, that was put on pause because of COVID. He said he hopes, uh, you know, sometime this spring, not in the next month, uh, but hopefully later on in a short period of time to be able to get that out and really feel like that is something that Southern Miss fans can rally around uh, for sure. Third, Our fourth segment uh, today brought to you by DBAT. 
And D1 Training, Hattiesburg's premier place for softball and baseball instruction as well as fitness training. It's all located on Highway 98 in the old Gaddytown building, and we appreciate their support of the Eagle Hour. Signing day, the class of 2001, or 2001, that's when I graduated high school, 2021, <laughs> uh, complete for the Golden Eagles, 15 new Eagles. And uh, when we look at this, Bob, uh, from what I have heard and what I can determine – uh, of the 15, 13 are scholarship, two are preferred walk-ons. Uh, Eagles add two more today, and one is Drew Lawson, a 6'2", 300-pound uh, center, and that was a, you know, with Trace Clopton um, not coming back, they really need to focus on the offensive line. He's from Madison, Alabama. He started at center for Alabama in the uh, Mississippi-Alabama game. And then Southern Miss signs Jay Jones. He's a defensive back out of Demopolis, Alabama. Three-star by rivals. He was committed to Tennessee uh, and then decommitted in December when kind of the tumultuous stuff started happening up there, talking about Jeremy Pruitt possibly losing his job. He had offers from Arkansas, Ole Miss, South Alabama, uh, Tennessee, and we can talk to Patrick McGee about this tomorrow, but apparently Will Hall wanted to, to keep it kind of quiet that they were going after him. So Southern Miss snagged 6'1", 200-pound Jay Jones, uh, the last Southern Miss uh, signee of the 2021 class. He's a really, really good get. So when you break down uh, this signing class, 15 new Eagles, eight on offense, six on defense, no junior college signees, Bob. None. I like that. I 10 like high that. school. Ten high school players, five transfers on offense, two quarterbacks, three wide receivers, two offensive linemen, and one athlete on defense, uh, two defensive linemen. Both of those were transfers, uh, four defensive backs, and uh, one kicker, Jack Tannehill from Oxford. So you look at this. This is Will Hall's first class, and, man, you get the two guys from McGee uh, with Zay Franks and Chandler Pittman. You get uh, the top. Uh, arguably the best quarterback in Mississippi with with Ty Keys. You get Louisville transfer T-Webb. You get Everett Cunningham from Memphis, Montre Edwards from Missouri. Uh, you get Tolls from Oxford, Mays, uh, the receiver from Ridgeland, who's a lot of people think he's going to be amazing. Mikel McLeod uh, from Leakesville, Mississippi, from Greene County, the offensive lineman. And then Lakevious Daniel, Jay Stanley, transfer from Ole Miss. And then the two guys today – well done. Well done, Will Hall, in a short period of time. Golden Eagle fans excited about this. Explain for our listeners the difference in a walk-on and a preferred walk-on. So back in the day, uh, a walk-on, obviously a non-scholarship person that just says, hey, I'm coming to Southern Miss. Uh, and, and that's what Luke Johnson was in the fall of 2001. Uh, I think my first locker number was 128, which – there's only 85 scholarship people, so I was quite a ways from that. Nowadays, what you have is a preferred walk-on. It's it's a guy that you like, a guy that you've targeted, uh, but you don't have a scholarship for. And you know, he told us yesterday, kind of over the over the last few years in the scholarship classes, we kind of robbed Peter to pay Paul, and and we knew that the 2021 class was going to be a little slimmer than others. So a preferred walk-on is a guy that that doesn't have uh, you don't have a scholarship for him, but you you want him to sign with you because you know you probably will be able to put him on scholarship in a year and so guys agree to come in for that and uh, apparently we have two of those uh, this year in this class so is there a deal made you know you you come and next year you're going to get the scholarship i mean i can't speak for individual cases that happens sometimes and but you know they, they're from from the way i understand it you can't really promise that because 
you don't know what your needs are going to be and with the crazy transfer portal now. Now, I assume, you know, there's probably the best interest of the school, you know, communicating to that person is, yeah, there's a really good chance that that'll happen. But, you know, I can't speak for, for individual cases. All right. Well, I think the news of the day on the Eagle Hour, and it's not really good news, but, but the news of the day is that initially, at least, baseball will be limited to season ticket holders, that they will not be selling individual game tickets. And, uh, you know, that comprises – a good number of fans uh, every weekend, so that's very unfortunate. But uh, I guess as you and I were talking, Luke, we're in better position than we were this time last year. And and I think you and I remain optimistic that as the numbers continue to go down and more and more people get vaccinated, that uh, maybe toward the middle and the end of the season, restrictions will be you know loosened some, and and more people will be able to get into the peak. That's what I was telling you uh, off air. I'm, I'm in total agreement. It is in the best interest that Southern Miss fans want baseball teams in Hattiesburg, Oxford, and Starkville to succeed other than March the 2nd when we play Mississippi State. If we got three teams in the top 25, the top 20, there is going to be a groundswell from all cases of people wanting to watch baseball this year in the state of Mississippi and hopefully with numbers and vaccinations going down that they will open it up and that's what we want for sure all right that wraps it up today great show really appreciate jeremy coming on the show and jack duggan for setting everything up for us i can't say enough good things about jack back tomorrow at one o'clock and until then southern miss to the top Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.